Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Barely Backcountry Podcast. Today is another installment of the Draw Application Series that I've been doing with Dave Barnett from Go Hunt. In this podcast, we go through Montana. There's a lot of good information in this podcast. Um, even if you're not planning on hunting Montana this year, if it's on your roadmap for the next year or two, a lot of good information and some strategy that you can use in the next coming years. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Before I get you guys into that, though, again, make sure you guys check out the podcast on social media. It's barely underscore backcountry underscore podcast on Instagram. And then my personal is c.dillashaw. Um, give the podcast a like, a follow, a share, all those good things. But without any further ado, I'll get you guys into the podcast. All right, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Barely Backcountry Podcast. Today we got Dave Barnett on once again to continue our draw application series. Uh, we're going to do an state today. We're talking about Montana. So Dave, Dave, one, how you doing, man? Doing great, man. Doing great. Definitely excited to, to chat about this one. Montana is always a hot topic every year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's get into it. Where do we start at with Montana? Man. There's, it's a, it's a, it's a fairly easy draw system, but the way that Montana presents it and works it, it makes it extremely complicated. Um, okay. There's, there's a, there's a few things to, to cover with it. Uh, we'll try to be as thorough and, and lay it out as, as cleanly as possible. But I will say that we've been trying for years at Go Hunt to, to, you know, to continue to, to explain this correctly. And it, it's just, it's just a very tough state to understand. It's, it's just a tough one. Yeah. Um, you know, so kind of, kind of a big, large overview before we jump into the specifics. So as a non-resident, if you're wanting to hunt in Montana, particularly for deer and elk, um, the primary thing you have to do first is draw what is called a non-resident combination license and the non-resident combination license. You have three options with those. You have what's called a deer combination license, which is, as it sounds, just a deer tag. You have the elk combination license, which is just an elk tag. And then you have the big game combination license, which is an elk and a deer tag. So you have three options when you apply for those in Montana. Now, essentially these general tags allow you to go into the state and hunt. Let's say you have a, a deer general tag. You can hunt deer on any unit within the state that's labeled as general. Um, so this means, I mean, you can, you can hunt one unit on the east side of the state and you can pick up and drive 12 hours and go hunt a unit on the west side of the state if you wanted to. So you don't have to declare a unit. You can hunt any unit that's deemed as general. Um, these lists of available units as far as which general will vary on species. So like not all units that are general for whitetail will be general for mule deer. And the same thing can be said for elk as well. So okay. you do have to really pay attention to the regs as you're going into those. Um, but that general tag in Montana, very usable tag. It's good in a pile of units. It's, it's a, it's a good tag to look at. Um, along with that, you do also have limited entry permits that you can put in for. That's a separate draw. So the permits are essentially you're using me like your big buck and big bull type units. Um, and these are used on a, on a different point system and they essentially allow you, you can kind of look at them as like a hall pass where they allow you to take your general tag into an otherwise restricted area. Um, now, in some instances, when you have a permit, um, and, and we'll say like on an elk hunt, on quite a few of the elk permits, if you draw that permit, you cannot kill an antlered elk anywhere outside of the limited entry unit. It used to be on your general tag, and say you had a limited entry permit, you can go in and hunt elk in your limited entry area, but if you wanted to, you could also go out to a general unit and hunt a bull on that unit as well. Hmm. So they recently switched that this last year. Um, typically for the most part on most of the mule deer permits, most of the elk permits, if you draw those, you won't be able to kill an antlered elk or an antlered mule deer outside of the unit that you drew specifically, but you could still shoot, say, antlerless on the general unit if those were open to you. Okay. 
Um, yeah, you do have some differences there. Um, now your, your, your primary thing, we'll, we'll jump back to the non-resident combo. This is because this is going to be what 95% of the people are going to be after as far as a non-resident is concerned. Yep. Um, the non-resident combos, that's ran off of a preference point system. So under Montana's preference point system, 75% um, of your tags are going to go to your highest point holders only. So that means that, you know, if I have one point and you have two points, you're going to draw before I do. So systematically, so 75% of those tags immediately are going to the highest point holders. Now, the remaining 25% of the tag is made only available to people that have zero preference points, which is kind of a weird law. Typically, in most states, that remaining 25% would go to whoever's left. But in Montana, they single out that it only goes to people with zero points. Now, this creates a very weird situation in Montana. So currently, right now, looking at the 75% of the tags that go to the highest point holders, for the big game combination last year in 2022, 97% of the people at two points drew their combination license. So that means 3% of the people at, at two points did not draw and anybody under two points also did not draw. Hmm. Now, taking into account that that 25% remaining is only made available to the people with zero points, that means that anybody that was between zero points and two points had, an, had a 0% chance of drawing that tag. Now, there is some, some goofiness also that goes along with that, and that comes in with your party applications in Montana. So in Montana, on the preference point system, party applications, they take the average amount of points, and that's what the party applies with. So if you and I were both going to apply, and I had one point, and you had two points, our party would put in at 1.5 points. Now, you're going to have some, some marginal odds on these with some of these party applications as well. So... Um, let's say, again, we're looking at the big game combination license, and we know that at two points, it was a 97% drop. That means anywhere above two points. So let's say we had a, a group average of 2.33 points or 2.5 or 2.66. That means that was 100% on those point levels. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, you end up in a, in a really weird situation where your odds of drawing in Montana at one point are next to impossible or considerably lower than your odds of drawing at zero points which is very strange and yeah. it draws a lot of questions it's very confusing yeah. uh, like i said this is this is our number one state for questions every year by far yeah so yeah you get you get this weird situation now where you actually have better odds of drawing at zero points as than you do at one point so you know initially thinking obvious answer is why would you spend a hundred bucks to buy a preference point in Montana when you have better odds of zero points? doesn't mm -hmm. make sense. Um, but <laughs> fortunately Montana, well, fortunately, depending on how you look at it, Montana really made this system fairly foolproof to the point where they really corner you into having to participate in the point system to some degree. Um, and I'll elaborate on that now. So let's say going into this 2023 draw, I'm a non-resident. I have zero preference points. I'm starting completely fresh going in, you know, totally clean going into Montana. And I'm looking at the odds and I'm like, okay, I can, I can draw a tag with better odds at zero points than I do at one point. So I know, well, let me back up. Here's another kind of weird quirk with Montana. Applying in Montana, they allow you to purchase a preference point at the time of applying. And that applies to your current application. So for instance, again, I'm, I'm starting out clean in Montana and I get in there to apply and I'm like hundred bucks for a preference point. I'm going to pay for that. And I'm going to enter this draw with one point. Yeah. Um, like I said before, at one point you will not draw a tag. There's no chance of drawing at one point. 
unless you're applying for the deer only combo in 2022 the deer only combination license had a 17 percent draw rate at, at one point okay um which again is low um you know so going into it at one point if i'm putting into the big game combo or the elk combo i will not draw with one point so again i'm looking at this and i'm going okay as a, as a first timer i'm not going to purchase my point i'm going to put in with zero points i'm going to mm. have better odds at zero points you're around 70 percent odds the downside comes into this is let's say i put in at zero points and i'm unsuccessful in the draw so because i didn't pay for my preference point i still have zero points they don't award a point after the draw if you're unsuccessful because they give you that option to purchase it before okay. so i put in at zero points i didn't draw i'm unsuccessful because i participated in the draw during the spring i cannot purchase points later in the year now mm. so montana allows you as a non-resident to purchase preference points or bonus points from july 1 and then you have all the way through september 30th for bonus points or through december 31st for your preference points so there's, there's a period where you can buy just points without having to apply without having to buy any tags anything like that you can just buy your point and get in and get out okay if you participated in the spring draw though you cannot do that so like let's say for instance i try to play that zero point play i'm like okay again i have better odds at zero points so i'm going to not buy a point i'm going to apply if i don't draw i'm restarting in the exact same position next year mm -hmm. so i have to decide do i want to do the points game or do i want to do that yeah um conversely if i apply and i buy a point i will not draw the tag i'm wasting a lot of money because you're, you're dealing with yeah. application fees buying all your licenses and that type of thing and i have no chance of drawing at all um so typically i mean applying for montana you kind of have two options mm -hmm. either number number one you're going to try to play that zero point pool which again 70 percent ish odds um at zero points pretty good chance of drawing you know but yep. obviously there's still a 30 percent chance you don't mm -hmm. um or we build a point and then try to apply next year with two points yep so easiest way to do that would be to purchase a point this year during the points only purchase period in the summer so again from july 1 to december 31 purchase my one point and then next year in 2024 when i apply in the spring i'll purchase my second point at my time of applying and i'll apply with two points now so pretty good odds of drawing at two points almost guaranteed uh-huh um, the other caveat that comes into play with this is montana requires you to apply every year or else your points get zeroed okay so let's say that i bought a point this year so in 2023 i buy a point and then something comes up and i i don't apply next year in 24 or let's say you know i applied for wyoming or i applied for another state for whatever reason i don't apply to montana if i don't apply next year montana takes my preference point away and i'm back to zero again hmm. so you can't really you can't plan montana out more than one year in advance yeah. Um, you know, in, in my opinion, if you're okay with spending the 200 bucks on points, I think the safest route is to buy a point one year and then buy a point and apply the second year. That's going to okay. let you apply with two points. So that's going to get you your, your best odds of drawing. If not, like I said, you're playing the zero point uh, game, but if you're unsuccessful in the zero point pool, um, you know, you're, you're setting yourself back another year again, you know, so mm -hmm. you're constantly kind of playing behind the wheel, if you will. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely some toss-ups in Montana, you know, and again, that's going to be for your non-resident deer combo, your non-resident elk combo, and your non-resident big game combo. Interesting. Interesting. So you mentioned earlier that there's bonus points and preference points. How does that work in yep. Montana there? Yeah. So your bonus points now, these are going to be used for your limited entry permits. So again, these are the ones that allow you to take your general tag into an otherwise restricted area, uh, you know, and hunt. 
Um, typically in Montana, one thing I like to caution in Montana when it comes to limited entry permits is they're, they're not what you would expect, what you see in other Western states. And what I mean by that is typically like a limited entry tag is like, is a really good tag. You know, you're dealing with an area, you have you know, great herd genetics, um, you know, good trophy potential, good populations. Mm-hmm. Montana does have areas like that, but they also use these permits in areas where, you know, maybe game densities aren't that high and they really need to control hunter numbers, um, you know, or maybe they're in areas where they want to kill more elk, um, you know? So, I mean, realistically speaking, taking into the the possible potential of trophy quality that you could find on the general tag there's not that many limited entry hunts that are really worth it in my opinion Um, there's a few that do make up some good hunts but i mean if you're a guy that's going to montana like i want to kill the biggest bull in my life there's other states that are probably better to do that in okay not to say that montana doesn't produce big bulls i mean it's the the reigning typical world records for montana uh, Mm -hmm. for elk um, you know, I mean, it's tremendous animals that come from there, but their point system is not friendly to chasing big animals. Okay. Um, so with that bonus point system, you know, so again, going back, like we talked about the preference point, 75% of your tags go to your highest point holders. In the bonus point system, there is no guaranteed tags at all. It's a squaring system, so they're going to square your points. So for instance, if I have five points, I'm going to go into the draw with 25 entries. Um, so the more points you have, the more entries you have in the hat, but there's never a guaranteed tag. Um, you know, so with that, a lot of times, I mean, you start looking at some of the, the top tier units in Montana for, for deer or elk, and even at max points, um, I mean, even on the resident side, a lot of those hunts are under 10% odds. Okay. You know, so it's, it's always really hard to predict when you're going to draw a tag in Montana when you're, when you're going that route. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there's never a guarantee. Now, the other thing that comes into play with that is you have to, as a prerequisite to apply for a limited entry permit, you have to first draw your general non-resident combo license. You have to have a deer or an elk tag in your pocket before you're eligible to apply for the permit. Um, now, both of those application deadlines are exactly the same. So April 1st is your deadline on those. And essentially mm-hmm. what the state's gonna do is they're gonna draw all the non-resident combination license first. And then once they have a list of successful non-resident applicants, they'll then start looking at those non-resident applicants, uh, permit applications and putting them into the various permits and beginning to draw for those. So, um, you know, if I applied for the non-resident big game combo and I had, you know, whatever, uh, Elkhorn's a 380 uh, Elkhorn unit permit listed on my application, if I'm unsuccessful in my non-resident combination license, they're going to immediately pull my app from that permit immediately so i'm out of i'm out of that pool i'm no longer even competing okay um where you run into issues with this again going back to how i was kind of talking that's not a friendly state to chase big animals in let's say again that 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 elkhorns that 380 it's one of the most popular units in montana in fact it is the most popular elk unit in montana hd 380 let's say i'm a guy chasing that tag i want that tag and i have whatever i have 16 elk points for montana mm-hmm. if i put in and I draw my non-resident combo and I go through the whole gambit and then it goes into the permit drawn. I'm unsuccessful in that 380 tag. And I'm thinking to myself, the only reason I want to go to Montana is to hunt that permit. My only option for returning that general tag that I just drew is to take an 80% refund and I lose all my points that I used to draw it. Ooh. So your refunds are really bad in Montana and they take your points at pretty much every corner. So again, it's just, it's, it's a really hard state to plan in. It's not like a state like Colorado or Wyoming where you can be like, okay, you know, I've got a high degree of confidence. I'm drawing this tag this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you, you never know in Montana. Um, there's quite a few instances you go through and you see somebody pull a sheep tag at zero points. 
and a guy at, at 18 points didn't draw one. You know, that, that totally happens. Um, so, yeah, it's it's definitely a tough state from that aspect. Um, you know, it, again, with the, with the limited entry permits and the bonus points, it's cheap to apply when you get in. It's nine bucks to apply for an elk tag. I think it's five bucks for the deer tag to apply once you've already purchased everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you just don't have a lot of opportunity on those on those limited entry hunts. The general tag, very good tag. If you're just looking for a good Western hunting experience on both the deer or the elk side, you have some really good options at that general tag. Okay. I, I mean, obviously I can't speak for everybody what they're after in life, you know, what they're after in hunting experiences. Personally, the way that I treat Montana is I think that that general tag is a really good tag to be chasing and you can hunt that every couple of years. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, if you happen to draw a permit on one of those years, great. If not, that's just kind of how Montana works. I go hunt the general hunts and I'm happy with it. Yep. Interesting. Interesting. So if you draw like the general tag with your preference points, you still have the opportunity to build bonus points toward those limited ones or are they all pulled at the same time? Yeah. Yep. Correct. Yeah. So yeah, you can build your, your bonus points separate. So they're totally separate. Uh, I guess one thing to note on two in the bonus points, bonus points never expire. Um, So like the preference points, do they used to, that was a, a recent change they did. Um, but yeah, so bonus points no longer expire. So you don't have to worry about anything with that. Um, you will see some more confusion when you get into the bonus points too, because I mean, it, it's Montana, so it's complicated. Um, when you get into the bonus points, you're going to have deer bonus points. You're going to have deer B bonus points, which are like antlerless deer hunts. Okay. And then you also see that with elks. You're going to have elk, elk B, antelope, antelope B. Um, then they also on antelope, you also have an antelope 900 20, which is an archery only special license type point that you can get. So okay. there, there's a lot of different points and point types that you can, you can get into in there. Okay. Um, one thing to note while we mentioned the, the deer bee and the elk bee points, so these are all your antlerless hunts. If you apply for the non-resident combination licenses and you're unsuccessful, you can still apply or purchase over-the-counter antlerless tags later in the year. So there's there's a lot of uh, there's a pile of over-the-counter whitetail deer and, and antlerless elk licenses up there. Um, mm-hmm. There's also a bunch that you can apply for. That that deadline is in June. In fact, I think it's June first um, for antlerless. So yeah, you can if you if you don't draw uh, you know your buck or your bull tag. If you wanted to still go out to Montana and hunt antlerless, there's a pile of opportunity out there. Um, you okay. can still go and do that without your general license. Okay. But if you have a general license, are you able to pick up one of those to have two yeah, tags in your pocket? Um, yeah. So, yeah, if you draw your general license, so you have your, your general big game combo or elk combo or deer combo or whatever, um, you can purchase or apply for those B licenses as well later. And I always recommend that because, I mean, for the most part, like you can find antlerless whitetail tags pretty much in every unit in the state. And there's whitetail all over Montana. And there's a lot of good opportunities there just to get some more meat to bring back with you. And, you know, just it's another animal you can take on that trip. Yep. Um, I mean, no matter which direction you're coming from, Montana's a long drive regardless. Yeah. You know, so putting a few more tags in your pocket. And, and those, those animals, doe tags, I think they're 80 bucks for non-residents. So they're, they're pretty cheap, you know, all things considered. Nice. Um, you know, but yeah, a lot of antlerless opportunity up there. Nice. Are those antlerless tags, are they unit specific? Or is it like the same general units? It kind of depends. Um, you'll see some that are unit specific. You'll see quite a bit that are what's called region wide. So Montana is split into seven management regions. So the whole state's divided into seven chunks. 
and you'll have like various units. So for instance, kind of the way they, they break that down, you have like region seven, which is going to be your units, 700, 701, 702, and so forth. Um, so like if you have like a region seven antlerless whitetail tag, you can take a doe in any one of the region seven units. So you, yeah, you'll get some that are good for, you know, huge chunks of areas. You'll get some that are good for just a unit. It just kind of depends on the tag. You'll definitely want to watch the regs for those. Uh, but more often than not, most of those antlerless ones are usually good in, in multiple units. Okay. And then I've I've done a little bit of research into Montana, and I remember reading, I was looking at some of the elk stuff. And if I remember correctly, like you can draw and be able to go hunt archery season and then be, possibly be able to come back and hunt rifle. Is that correct? Yeah, so that's kind of the beauty of Montana. It's not a choose-your-weapon state. Um, for the most part, if you draw, like I say, a general tag, you're drawing a rifle tag. And then you can turn around and you can bar, buy an archery stamp and then you can go out and hunt any of the archery seasons. Okay. Um, you, you will see some some differences. I mean, you'll get into there's some like archery only elk permits or archery only deer permits, or you'll get into, um, you know, maybe some units are only open for archery and then they're closed during rifle season. You know, so there is some some inconsistency there. But for the most part, for 95 percent of the hunts, um, yeah, if you have that tag, you can hunt both the archery and the general. Cool. So you, you definitely have some options there. I mean, that's one thing we've always talked about, like on the, on the deer, con- or excuse me, on the big game combo, you're talking a deer and an elk license. Uh, mm-hmm. Man, if you had the funds to swing it, if you can go out and archery hunt in September for elk and then come back and, and hunt during the rut with a rifle for deer, man, that'd be yeah. a good use of that tag. Definitely. Definitely. Cool. Well, getting off of the deer and elk, what's it like for antelope and then all the other species that they have in Montana? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, Montana's got some really good antelope opportunity. Montana is not a state that is typically known for producing a lot of big antelope, but good solid 70 to high 70 inch type antelope is definitely possible. Okay. Um, you got some really good opportunities there. And then again, with that, you know, typically when you, when you're drawing an antelope tag, for the most part, you're drawing a rifle tag, and then you can also turn around and you can bow hunt on it. Um, the other option you have, and we mentioned earlier is what's called the 900 20 antelope tag, which has its own point system. It's still a limited entry permit for all things considered that you apply for, but you can generally draw that within one to two points. It's an easy draw. The cool thing with the 920 antelope tag is it's good in every single unit in the state, except for two. So it works a lot like the general deer and elk tag. You can hunt any unit with that 900 tag. It also starts on August 15th. So it gets you out there two weeks ahead of all the other hunters. And basically you run from August 15th till about the middle of October on that tag. So you get to hunt the full rut for, for antelope. You can hunt any unit in the state for antelope. Um, really good opportunity to shoot some nice bucks on that tag. And like I said, you can draw that in one to two points. Um, you know, again, trophy quality is not exceptional, but, but just good representation of what a mature antelope is. There's a lot of that in Montana. Um, you know, I, I think that 900 tag is, is one of the better antelope tags you can just based on how easily you can get it and, you know, the potential of shooting some nice bucks. Um, you know, so some really good things to look at there. Yeah. Antelope hunting in, in Montana is great. Um, when you start talking your, your, your big three, or I guess you could say big four. So your, your sheep, mountain goat, moose, and bison, um, odds are obviously steep on all four, just yeah. like in every other state. Um, Montana particularly with sheep. There's no other state or province that even comes close to touching the amount of big sheep that Montana exports. Uh, Montana is just a, it's just a giant Rocky Mountain bighorn sheep state. Um, and you you look through the record books. Um, in fact, I, I haven't added this up in a few years, but a couple of years ago, I went through and added everything up. 
And if you looked at all of the Rocky Mountain Bighorn Sheep entries in the, in the Boone and Crockett record books, you could add up every state and every province together, and they still would not equal what Montana alone has done for record wow. book entries. Um, and I, and I want to say that was even the case for 200 plus inch ramps too. Like Montana is just, is just got it going on for big sheep. You know, they use Montana herds to feed a lot of other states and establish populations in, um, exceptional, exceptional rams in Montana the odds on tags are incredibly steep. Um, you know, it's just one of those, there's no tips or tricks to that. It's just, it's just playing the game. Um, one unique thing Montana does have for sheep though. Uh -huh. is the unlimited units. So there are five units along the, the Wyoming, Montana border that you can essentially draw a sheep tag every year. It's a guaranteed draw. You just have to put in for it, you get the tag. Okay. Um, these hunts are commonly referred to as some of the hardest tags in the lower 48 to fill. Um, okay. you're, you're talking insanely low game densities, it just impossibly big country. I mean, some of the biggest terrain you can imagine, mm -hmm. uh, loads and loads and loads of grizzly bears, just a, a very, very tough hunt. Uh, but it's a sheep tag that you can get every year, yeah. you know, so it's, it's definitely some cool opportunity. I mean, the amount of people that draw that tag and never even go out and hunt it once they figure out what the hunt is about is, huh. is high every year. You know, there's a lot of people that don't even hunt um on that so yeah i mean again you know if you're if you're willing and you're physically active and ready to get after it you can do those unlimited cheap hunts and you can do that every year but uh, like i said the odds of success are, are low yeah. um, typically on those now you're gonna have a you're gonna have a quota generally most units are gonna allow two rams to be killed uh once the two rams are killed the unit closes in 48 hours um there's a couple of units that that'll fill usually within the first weekend or so but generally speaking there's, there's it's not uncommon to see one of the unlimited units not fill a quota in the whole year wow um so yeah very 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 tough you know for those you're really not you're not hunting for a big ram you're just hunting for a legal ram you know most uh -huh. people are going to kill you know banana horn type type rams but um yeah kind of a cool opportunity nonetheless definitely um rocky mountain goat Another great species to hunt Montana. Um, you don't see a lot of really big goats. There was a really big one that got killed a couple of years ago in Northwest Montana. Um, you know, but for the most part, you're not going to see big ones. You know, your your average goat in the eight to nine inch range. Mm -hmm. um, but you have some good opportunity for them. Um, draw odds for a rocky goat aren't aren't horrible. You know, they're kind of on par with some of the other states. They're generally a little bit more accessible than getting into like your bighorn sheep hunts. Um, you will see some opportunities for nanny only tags. In fact, I think there might be one. Um, but some of the units, especially down around Bozeman, kind of that southwest corner of Livingston, they give out quite a few tags. Um, you know, so your odds, especially on the resident side, are actually pretty good once you start getting up above 10 points or so. Okay. Um, you know, but yeah, again, not not exceptionally big goats, which is fairly common for most of the lower 48 states. But you just have the yeah. good quality hunting. I mean, for the most part, if you draw a, a goat tag in Montana, I mean, it's a physical hunt, but, you know, but, but there will be goats on the unit you yeah. know, and, they'll, and they'll be huntable. Nice. Um, so some good opportunities there. Uh, moose, moose is on the decline, but moose is also kind of on the decline in most of your Western states right now, especially your Northern states, Idaho, Montana, a little bit of Wyoming. They're definitely struggling with moose. Okay. Um, populations have been dipping. Um, you know, wolves definitely have some of that for sure. Um, yeah. you also have ticks. There's, there's a big hunch that ticks are causing a lot of deaths in <laughs> moose. You're seeing that also like kind of in the Midwest and get into Minnesota and up through there, uh, having some issues with ticks on moose as well. Interesting. Um, trophy potential for Shiris moose in, in Montana is good. Um, you know, they, they're, they're killing quite a few bulls in that 40 to 50 inch range. Uh, and bulls certainly get bigger than that. 
Yeah. Uh, some of your, your more prolific areas in that northwest corner of the state that have historically produced some good bulls, they're not quite as good as they used to be. Densities are really low, but they're still killing some good bulls. They're just the hunting is a lot harder because the densities are so much lower. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, for the most part, you draw a moose tag in Montana. I mean, you still got to hunt hard, but like, you know, it, it's, it's a fun hunt. You know, it's, it's a unique experience. Um, and like I said, there, there's potential of big bulls on, on most units. Okay. Um, some really, really nice bulls there. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so all three of those, um, well, one that, I guess one other thing to say, a sheet point is a sheet point. It doesn't matter if you draw a U tag or a Ram tag. And the same can be said for like a Rocky Mountain Goat Manny or a cow moose. If you draw that, your moose point, your sheet points are gone. Okay. Um, you know, so that's one thing to keep in mind. There's really no way of like, you know, like drawing and keeping your points, you know, per se. So yeah, it's mm. one thing to consider. If you, if you draw a U tag, you know, it's a, a lot of like the Rocky Mountain sheep, the U tags, you can draw those on a few points. Um, you know, so there's, so there is some opportunity there, but yeah, bonus point system on all three of those species. Uh, the last one is bison. So bison is completely random. There's, there's no point system on those at all. It's just, it's just, you apply and then they'll draw names out of the hat. Um, you have three tag options for bison. They're all going to be around Yellowstone National Park. You're going to have uh, one on the west side of the park, one on the north side of the park. And then you also have one in the Absorpa Beartooth Wilderness. Uh, the wilderness hunt is a very cool hunt. But again, it's it's extremely remote. It's in the same areas where the unlimited sheep hunts are. Um, okay. Very, very remote. I mean, you're pretty much dealing with like livestock to do the hunt correctly. Um, but incredible opportunity. Nice. Nice. What kind of like strategy is there when applying in Montana? I know we talked about the point system and using that to your advantage, mm -hmm. but what other kind of strategy is there? When it comes to your more prolific species, so your moose, sheep, goat, and bison, there really isn't. Um, yeah. For the most part, you, you got to find the unit you want and kind of go from there. You know, I mean, you can kind of, for the most part, I mean, when it gets into goat, for instance, you got a couple things to look at. So like I, like I mentioned before, some of those units around um, Livingston and Bozeman, they give out a lot more tags than the crazy mountains. They give out a lot more tags than another unit. I mean, you look at like Northwest Montana, some of those units are giving out one tag and you're, you're talking 15 plus tags in these other units. Mm -hmm. You know, so aligning yourself with where the most tags are obviously is usually your best strategy. Yep. That's going to help you on the on goat. On sheep, you don't see that quite as much just because your units that give out the most tags is where typically your your biggest rams are coming from. You know, so it kind of yeah. becomes a moot point with that. You know, so I mean, really with Montana, with sheep, just picking a unit and going. And okay. kind of the same thing with moose. Deer and elk, you, you have a little bit. Like I mentioned before, if we if we took all the limited entry hunts for deer and elk, there's going to be a small percentage of them that I'm going to be like, yep, these ones are, you're, you're going to kill a big bull or a big buck in this unit. Mm -hmm. Most of the other ones, you, you might have a higher density of bigger animals, but it's not going to be like the trophy size is not going to be really much better than some of the better general units. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think more of the strategy when it comes to deer and elk permits is deciding exactly how you want to use those points and then finding the hunts that, that, you know, accommodate that. So again, for instance, if I'm looking at elk and I'm like, I want to shoot the biggest bull in Montana. Mm -hmm. There's, there's literally like less, you can count all of them on one hand, you know, units okay. that are going to be a really good opportunity at a, at a big, big bull, you know, and these are hunts that you're just going to have to just pick that hunt and just apply for it every single year and just hope one day you get lucky on it. Uh-huh. 
Um, you know, but conversely to that, there's some really good like opportunity type permit options. So like looking at elk, particularly on the archery only side, um, you could draw an archery only tag in the Missouri River breaks, which generally on a non-resident is going to take say three to six points somewhere in that range to draw. You could certainly draw it at zero, but you're, you'll have good odds from three to six or so. Okay. Um, this is an archery only hunt in the breaks. Um, good trophy potential, totally different hunting you know, terrain type than what you're used to in Montana. Uh, very, very cool looking stuff, you know, and that's a good use of limited entry points in my mind in Montana. Okay. It's a good opportunity hunt. You know, again, I'm not going in there. I mean, you probably expect a slightly bigger bull than what you're going to find on some of the general hunts, but you're not going in there expecting to kill a 350 bull. Yeah. Um, you know, but a good use of points. Same thing. When you start looking at deer, um, overwhelmingly, the three main units that everybody's going to look for for mule deer in Montana is going to be, they're all on the West side of the state, which is kind of goofy because in general West hunting mule deer on the West side of the state is not good. It's much better on the East side of the state, but your three primary trophy units for mule deer are going to be units 261 and 262, and then also unit 270. Um, 261 and 262, there is public land available on those, but mo pretty much every single big buck that gets killed in that unit is getting killed out of somebody's yard or an apple yeah. orchard. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's yard deer that you're hunting, you know, so, I mean, it, it's a, it's a different hunting experience, uh -huh. but they're killing a lot of like 190 plus bucks on these, nice. um, dismal draws. You know, I mean, you're, you're talking less than 5% at max points, like just brutal draws. Wow. 270, much more of an atypical mountain mule deer hunt, um, okay. you know, loads of public land, lots of, lots and lots of deer, you know, and good trophy potential, not quite what it was a few years ago, but still good trophy potential. Same thing. I mean, you're, you're less than 5% at max points, brutal odds. Um, there are some, some units that you can get into in Western Montana, limited entry wise, and, and you can do pretty good. Um, generally speaking though, that hunting the East side of the state on a general tag is where what most of the people have done recently. And that, that's because that's where most of the bigger deer are killed, you know, on that, mm -hmm. on that general tag on the East side of the state where your best bet is. Okay. Um, you know, so again, you know, you kind of have to wade through what's available and what's there, but not always in Montana is a limited entry permit going to be a good play. Okay. Interesting. When it comes to those limited entry, you know, both the deer and elk and then all the other species. Is there any like random chance if you're at, you know, those zero, one, two points like you see in like some states like Nevada, even with zero points, there's, although it's slim, there's still some random chance that it could happen. Is that a possibility in Montana at all or not really? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that's why I always say like, you know, if, if you're, if you just start researching Montana one day and you're like, I want to kill a bull in this unit, like this is the permit that I want. I don't want any other ones like that's the one. Mm -hmm. it's worth it just to apply for that hunt every year, you know, okay. or, or every year that you're applying for your general, like apply for that hunt just because, yeah, you, you could always draw at zero, you know, I'll okay. be at the chances slim, but the, you always could, it, okay. it is a possibility. Um, so yeah, it's always worth it, Montana. Um, you know, if you're applying, like I said, it, it, after you've already applied for your non-resident big game combo and all that, it's cheap to apply for a permit. It's worth it just to do it. Yeah. Like I say, it's not a good system and it's not one you can count on, but if you don't, if you don't apply, you're not going to draw. You yeah. know, so yeah, it's always always worth trying it out for sure. Definitely. When applying, does Montana make you buy your hunting license up front? Yeah, you gotta you actually have to pay everything up front in Montana. Okay. So yeah, you don't technically have a, a hunting license per se, but you have what they call the is they have their base hunting license, which is ten bucks. Um, you have your conservation stamp you have to buy. So there's some nominal fees you have to pay, and then you have to pay the full upfront cost of of that license. So like say for instance, if I'm applying for the big game combo. Um, when you get in there to, to go and apply for it, the big game combo is 1200 bucks. Mm. 
So you're paying the $1,200 fee for that. You're paying all your nominal extra fees. If you're applying for your for a bonus point application, so for your limited entry permits, you got all that. I mean, you, you could easily, in Montana elk, you're between 1300 and 1400 bucks by the time you're done. For just elk? Uh, yeah, for, for getting in your non-resident combination. But even then, I mean, that being said, your elk combo. So your your big game combination, so the deer and the elk license, $1,213. Okay. Um, just the elk license alone, is a thousand twenty three. So you're knocking two hundred bucks off. But I mean, even then, you're you're going to be talking yeah twelve hundred bucks by the time you're done. Um, and you have you have to float that. Fortunately, Montana's quick on on results, so they turn around in two weeks. So generally, by mid April, you'll know draw results, and then they'll start issuing refunds after that. Okay. Uh, if you were unsuccessful. Interesting. Cool. Cool. Well, is there anything else about Montana we need to we need to touch on? It's. I would, I would say more than likely, it's just, there, there's, there's, like I said, there's so yeah. many you know, like intricacies when it comes to Montana that like, it, it's hard to hit everything. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's definitely tough. Um, I would say, you know, the best thing people could do is, is reach out to me at GoHunt. My email is really easy. It's just Dave, D-A-V-E at GoHunt.com. You know, if you ever have any questions on Montana, I'm more than happy to chat on that. It's, it's, it's a tough state. It's a really yeah. tough state. Um, but I think it's a, I think it's a very good state that a lot of people should be considering just, just from the general hunting standpoint. I mean, yeah. you can draw this tag, you know, every three years or so, say, say mm-hmm. every three years you can hunt Montana. Um, your trophy potential for elk is, is good in Montana. Montana. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, most general units, you know, your average six point bull is going to be in that 270 to 290, 300 inch range. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but the potential of chasing bulls much bigger than that is, is high. Um, I hunted a, a really big bull for several years in Western Montana on one unit and he ended up just disappearing one year. <laughs> I don't know what happened to him. <laughs> I like to think that he just died of old age and did his yeah. thing, but, um, yeah, I mean, the potential of finding some big elk is, is definitely possible in Montana. Okay. Um, mule deer, Mule deer is not as good. Um, okay. you know, those northern states like that, they just they just don't have the the vegetation, the growth time in, you know, needed to produce a lot of big bucks. Um, you know, in Montana, a good mature bucks. I mean, that one fifty to one sixty range. You know, it's kind of your top end of things. Um, bucks certainly do get bigger than that, but you you know you're not seeing a lot of one seventies killed every year in Montana. Okay. Um, you know, so yeah, that 150, 160 range, but where Montana lacks in trophy quality for mule deer, they make up for in just good, good, solid hunting. Like I said, if you, if you're hunting, you know, on, on the Eastern half of the state, I mean, there's a lot of areas you can go and see, you know, several hundred deer a day. Wow. Um, I mean, you're dealing with a lot of private land when you get out there and the deer really hang into those areas, you know, but yeah. there's, there's a lot of deer, you know, it's just a good quality hunt. I mean, if you're just looking for a hunt, especially if you like kind of a more of a family setting and you're going out uh-huh. with your buddies or something like that, man, it's a super fun hunt. Um, whitetail, really good potential in Montana. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a pile of whitetail in Montana and they live in pretty much every unit. Um, you know, I mean, you see a lot of guys shoot, you know, kind of your typical 110 to 130 inch bucks, but you know, there's, there's some really big whitetail that get killed every year in Montana. Um, yeah, there's some serious potential with them. Cool. Cool. A lot of those whitetail hunts are at least more so on the Western States. Like it's mountain hunts still, right? Like, yeah. So yeah, you can, you, that's kind of the cool thing of Montana. I mean, you can, you can hunt whitetail out in the coolies on the East side of the state, you know, on the open prairie stuff. Um, or you, you can hunt them at 6,000 feet on the West side of the state up in the timber. Yeah. Uh, and you, you do get some different characteristics and different looks to them. Those mountain whitetail on the West side of the state, man, I'm in love with those things. They're just, they're awesome. Just chocolate horns and, yeah. you know, real dark capes. 
Um, you know, but that, that's also another point to hit on with deer. Um, Montana is one of the very few states that on their general tag, you're hunting deer during the rut with a rifle. So you're hunting the whole month of November. Okay. Um, in some of the units on the west side of the state, mule deer shuts down early. So it shuts down, uh, I believe, on the 15th of November. Around the middle of November, they'll shut down mule deer, okay. uh, which you're still going to get some pre-rut activity. A lot of times, it's not uncommon to see mule deer in Montana chasing around the 1st of November. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, like you're hunting deer in the middle of the rut with a rifle, which is, which is pretty incredible. I mean, it, it's both good and bad from an opportunity standpoint. It's awesome, you know, but it it does lead to lower age class, typically, you know, smaller animals. Um, but yeah, definitely a good perk when it comes to Montana, if you will, if you're planning a rifle deer hunt planted around the rut. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. What's the, what's the deadline for Montana? So April 1 is the deadline to apply for your non-resident combination licenses. So yeah, by April 1, you have to have all those in. Um, Later on in the year, you're going to get a couple more deadlines. Uh, I'm going to get these mixed up. It's June 1 and June 5th are the two main deadlines. But for June 1 and June 5th, you're going to have both your your antelope, antelope B, and then also all of your remaining B licenses. So these are your antlerless, your antlerless deer, antlerless elk, et cetera. Okay. Cool. And then your uh, May 31 is your deadline for your 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 big three or your big four we'll say your sheep moose goat and bison okay cool 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 all right well anything else we need to touch on before we get you out of here i think that pretty well covers most of your draw hunts in montana um the only other thing i'd add to that black bear and wolf are over the counter okay um for all your all your seasons on that black bear hunting in montana particularly in the spring can be can be very good Um, it's a great western hunt for somebody to look at but honestday that'd probably be another good podcast (laughs) talk about someday would just be spring bear in general Uh, people don't realize how accessible and how cheap spring bear hunting is it's awesome uh and montana's got a bunch of it yep absolutely yeah yeah montana and idaho for spring bear opportunity is really good so definitely very good cool man well if people want to reach out to you and if they got more questions where can they find you yeah, it's like I said, the best thing, uh, if you got Montana questions, shoot me an email, uh, Dave, so D-A-V-E at GoHunt.com. Uh, would love to chat to you guys about that. Uh, if you're a member with GoHunt or if you want some information on, on that, definitely reach out too. we got some really cool tools that help break down Montana and make it a lot easier to navigate. Absolutely, man. Cool. Well, Dave, thanks again for coming on, and then we'll get you back on here soon to talk about some more states. Definitely. Appreciate it, bud. Absolutely. Have a good day, man. You too. Bye. All right, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast with Dave Barnett. I um, hope you guys learned something. Hope it helps you draw a tag in Montana either this year or within the next couple of years. Um, it's definitely something that's going to be on my roadmap. Definitely going to put that um, the points, being able to buy points later in the year to use and hopefully draw a Montana tag next year. But I hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys learned some stuff. Again, make sure you guys give the podcast a like, a follow, a share. Check it out on social media. The podcast Instagram is barely underscore backcountry underscore podcast on Instagram. And then my personal is c.dillashaw. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you guys in the next one.